0: You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. You're listening to Stage Door Podcast, the podcast celebrating theater and creativity from on-stage mishaps to career-defining moments.
1: Hosted by Thespians, myself, Tori, and co-host Eliza. Fortnightly, we will
0: bring you industry professional guests, deep dives, and more. Hello, and welcome back to Stage Door Podcast. Today, we are joined by the Associate Producer for Australian Theatre Live. But before we get into that, we would like
1: to acknowledge the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation and the Tabal people of Yagera, the traditional custodians of this land on which we work, live, and record, and recognize their continuing collection to land, water, and community.
0: Lucy is a theatre producer and director who has worked across Sydney, Perth, Melbourne, Darwin and New York. She is the founder and artistic director of New Ghosts Theatre Company, Inc. and specialises
1: in the production of new theatrical works. She is also a co-founder of Jumpstart Theatre and is passionate about youth art and education.
0: Lucy supports AT Live's mission through her work in areas of philanthropy, marketing and business development. In addition to supporting the production of Live Captures, welcome to the Cast Lucy. Hello, so happy to be here.
1: Thank you so much for taking the time to come on and have a bit of a chat with us today for this very new and exciting, um, I guess, streaming service.
2: Absolutely. Yes, It's it's been a long time coming for us. Um, it's, it's funny to even use the word new around it still because it's been in our heads for so long. But um, <laughs> finally, it will be new for everybody else and exist. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) How
0: have you been going though? Especially on a Sunday morning? Are you feeling good? (laughs)
2: Is it a Sunday morning? No, it is Monday. It's Monday. Monday. Oh my God, guys! (laughs) I wish it was (laughs) Sunday. I was like, great, I've got the rest of the day up. Sunday morning. Oh
0: my goodness. (laughs) It's Monday.
2: It's a Monday morning. Um, but I am going great on this. Even even better that it's a Monday morning. I'm going great, right? Like that's an even higher standard to go at. I've got my my tea, um, and I'm very oh, happy to be that. here with you guys. I love it. I love it. We're-
1: So excited to get to know more about uh, not only you, but also Australian Theatre Live, because this is, I think, going to have quite a big um, impact on theatre, not only in Australia, but everywhere. But before we get into too much about um, ATL, tell uh, tell us a little bit about you and how you found the world of theatre.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I'm originally a Perth girl, so um, I grew up in Perth and I went to a high school called John Curtin. Um, college, uh, which did you know, it was an arts school, so specialized in arts. And uh, I hadn't done drama before then, but I auditioned because I really wanted to go to the school, and got into drama. And so I did that for my my high school, and that's kind of where I got inspired to do drama. Um, I was really interested in performance to start off with, so acting. Um, as I think most people in theater, that's like that's is a very common story, is that even if you end up in a different role, we often start as actors. Uh, and I was doing really well in it, uh, but I also just never got cast in any good roles. And I was like, hmm, maybe, maybe I'm not that good at acting. Uh, but I didn't figure it out that early. I wish I did. Um, so I ended up going to WAPA, which is um, the West Australian Academy of Performing Arts, um, also in Perth, um, and continuing performance making over there. Uh, and then finally moved to Sydney in 2016. So by this point, I had really realized I wasn't good at acting be that long. Uh, but I had some experience uh, while I was at Whopper in um, directing and playwriting. So th- those were things that really interested me and I really enjoyed. So I, I went on that road for a while then I dropped playwriting because I realized I wasn't good at that either. Uh, or at least there was just a, there was just some really awesome people that I wanted to work with that I just thought you know so much more fun to work with them as a director and get to bring their incredible stories to life. Um, and nowadays I'm producing a lot as well. I, and that was kind of the last piece that came to it. Out of necessity, if you want to be an artist and, and have and ha- take the reins yourself and, and not have to uh, rely on this crazy current that, is, that can be the dramatic world, um, you have to get into producing. But it's become something I really love. It started as a necessity, ended up as a passion.
0: That's incredible. Yeah, it's definitely such a road to get to... Uh, different jobs like that you kind of have to discover that yourself along the way especially being able to do multiple avenues of producing mm. directing um, and writing if that's something that someone out there is also doing at the same time and
2: you have to advocate for yourself really absolutely and I must say there is courses and all those things hilariously but when you don't <laughs> know you want to do it yet, yeah, it's certainly yeah. yeah and you can't they're all three years long you can't do six three-year exactly. courses to figure it out so there's a lot mm. of trial and error on the road
0: yeah, especially if you're um, coming straight out of high school and you've yeah. done like the, the drama aspect and you're like, well, I've already done a three year course, so I don't really want to go back and do a th- another three year course.
2: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So my course was good; that it gave me a little bit. It wasn't just acting; like it gave me a bit of breadth and a little bit of knowledge in each area. Um, it was enough. It was like a it was like a tasting platter, you know. Yeah, uh, I got yeah. a little bit of everything. Couldn't really call my ex, myself an expert in any of them at the end of it, but um, <laughs> but it was enough to to you know to just jump in and and start making some mistakes and learning as I went.
1: <laughs> yeah, which is literally the entirety of what theater is. It's just making a lot of mistakes and then eventually something. Won't be a mistake, and it yes. will work out really well. Ain't that the truth?
0: Yeah, <laughs> that kind of leads you into Australian Theatre Live. Mm. Can you tell us, everyone and us a little bit about what it is and how did it come to be?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So just um, to, you know, segue into that from my own story as well. Yeah, so I. Um, we always you gotta have a side hustle when you're doing this profession, as we all know. Uh and so I was in retail for 10 years, you know, while I was supporting myself to do this artistic stuff. And then I started teaching arts. Um, so that was kind of my little road. And then I came across this incredible company just along my like I was now producing and directing for my own little theater company I'd started. So I was going along to these little events and I met these incredible people who were just so kind and wonderful. Um, that were running this new company called Australian Theatre Live. Now, I'm a big fan of this other company called NT Live, which you may have heard of. It's, it's, um, it's, it's based out of the UK. It's, um, it's National Theatre Live, so it comes from the National Theatre. Yes, and I've seen yes. so many incredible productions from them. So I was very familiar with the idea of bringing theatre to film. And and how wonderful that can be. I, one of the most, like, pivotal moments I feel for my career was getting to see a play called Starlight by David Hare. Star- it's not called Starlight. Skylight. There we go. Got there. Sky. Skylight by David Hare um, on NT Live, which um, was just this incredibly beautiful production and really inspired me as a very young director at the time about style and... Um, yeah, it, it made a really big impact on me, and being able to see that that quality of theatre while I was living in—I mean, Perth does some great theatre, not to just Perth at all, but to see something from the National Theatre live uh, when I was living in Perth, it, it, really, it really did have an impact on me. So I was well versed in in what in the beauty of of, of making theatre accessible in that way, and also the beauty of seeing theatre through a lens and getting getting to get really close up to these incredible performers' faces. Uh, to not miss a moment on stage, it really was its own experience. So when I heard that these incredible guys, Grant, Peter and Raj, were trying to make this happen here in Australia and and get uh, the best Australian theatre onto the onto a a national stage that everyone in Australia could access it, but also onto an international stage, you know? So like all over the world, we are seeing these UK stories and and there's a couple of other theatres like it. There's Broadway HD from Broadway, you know, we're we're being exposed to these um, hits all over the world, Um, but we're not seeing any Australian theatre on the international stage and, and we're not platforming any Australian artists on that stage. So there was a huge hole, I think, uh, that was really keeping Australia behind um, from catching up to to what everyone else was doing, and these these three guys were trying to change that. Um, and I thought that was so exciting. And so when I had the opportunity to 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 jump on that bandwagon and, and come on as a producer for them, I, you know, it it was it was a really special day of turning the side hustle into a real true passion.
0: That's beautiful. I mean, it's such a thing. I know that I'm currently studying um, tertiary education right now. And one of the things that we are challenged to do is every two weeks we have to read or watch um, a play. And I've been watching lots of national theatre live plays Mm. and that's been so inspiring, being able to watch theatre that we would never have access to here. And that's something that is really amazing about ATL is that all of these, even in tertiary education, those that are studying or wanting to see theatre that they just don't have access to here in Australia, you're able to get access to that and see your, or the work that's actually being made in your own country
2: because I feel like sometimes we don't always get that. Absolutely, hearing an Aussie accent, oh, oh, yeah. you know, it's just—it's really <laughs> magical. And I think you know, when you're growing up and you're wanting to get into theatre, get into film, and you only have these international influences, you know, you, you just can't see your own road. Or if you do see an Australian actor, yeah, it's in this UK or Brit, you know, British or American <laughs> yeah. show. It's—it's it's like, oh, do I have to go there to to do that? You know, I, it's just so nice to have examples of of local work, um, both to platform the artists locally, but also for young Australians to be able to have those influences as well.
1: 100%. Yeah, of course. I think it's it's so important. It's going to make such a difference as well, just because in general, I think, um, and kind of leading into the next question, there's just so much theatre that does actually happen in Australia that we don't necessarily get to see, whether it be for time, for monetary reasons, for accessibility reasons. Um, so it's going to be really lovely, I think, and really um, life-changing for possibly a lot of people having this platform. What is
2: your goal with
1: Australian Theatre Live?
2: Yeah, I, you, I think you summed it up so beautifully, even just with the question you just posed. Um, it really, my goal is to make theatre accessible, both like financially, time-wise, like to cut out those barriers that we've had to see theatre. I think such a small percentage of people watch theatre, I know a huge amount of my audiences are other people in the arts, so people that are at more distance from it, people who work in any other career pretty much it's very rare for those people to go to the theater and a lot of that is to do with not being uh not having access to it if you don't live in a really central metropolitan area you you aren't you aren't going to travel into the city to risk um an art form that you don't have much experience to. I mean, I even live out in Parramatta here in Sydney, and we have a beautiful local theatre. But to travel in to see Sydney Theatre Company products or you know any anything on the, those big main stage, even that it, it's a huge travel, and to get home at eleven thirty afterwards, it's it, that's enough of a barrier to stop people. And then of course financially, some of these shows are a hundred dollars plus to get to see, um, and that's just going to cut out a huge percentage of your audience. A, because they outright can't afford it, or B, again, they're not going to take that risk on an art form they're not familiar with, um, if it's gonna have that kind of barrier towards it. So even if they could afford it, that they won't. And as a result, I, I do think it's we often call theatre a dying art form, which is really a sad thing to say. And I don't as much as I don't believe that, I do see that like a lot of our audiences are older, uh, and we're not seeing a new young surge access it. And I I really think. This could be the answer to that. Um, younger audiences—we're plugged in. We're watching Stan. We're watching Netflix. We, we're, we're really savvy at, at getting what we need from the internet. And I think if theatre can have can transition to that, can can get into those networks, it will really open up people's knowledge of it, their experience of it. Uh, And I think it's going to really help the live platform too, so that people, you know, it's like seeing your favourite band, right? You know, if you listen to it um, on Spotify and then it comes to your town locally, you're going to go see it. Uh, And I I hope that that experience translates with this platform as well.
0: Definitely, because that that kind of stuff happens with musical theatre as well, where in terms of like, you listen to the soundtrack beforehand and you'll be like, yes, I really want to go watch that. This is kind of... Uh, The play version of that—it's watch it and go. Wow, this need. I need to see this live. I need to see this in person. If I could be in the room and watch this performance, see the set, see this costuming, that
2: would be incredible. And so that's what gets people then to the theaters. At at the end of the day, yeah, so true, so true. And um, we saw that definitely with Hamilton. Um, that there was obviously fear that if they did um put that. On Disney Plus, that maybe people would stop going, and it's just mm. it's it, the sales have just skyrocketed since that happened, because yeah, what a thing to to be able to fall in love with the production, to have access to it in that way, and then get to go see it live. You get to see those actors that you saw there, like it's it's so special.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And I guess with um, ATL, what can, what kind of productions can we expect to see? Like which theatre companies have you, are you partnering with? What, what can um, audiences
2: expect to see on there? Our aim is very much to get a real cross-section of Australian arts. So I, I really think about arts in, in almost like in pillars. So we have, you know, we, we really try and get the absolute of Australian productions so that often means going to places like Sydney Theatre Company uh House. we've caught work at we're um partnered with Sydney Festival so getting the the best of Sydney Festival as well uh so really really high caliber works uh Pinchgut Operas um which are just so beautiful and outstanding we've got quite a few of theirs now uh, so that that's like, you know, these very high production value, beautiful works that people in um, regional areas can have access to. But then also like equally and particularly for me, I'm so passionate about catching uh, younger, more emerging artists. Um, and that's uh, yeah, a real passion project for me that we've definitely been diving into as well. So we got You're Not Special at the King's Cross Theatre uh, by incredible younger playwright Sam O'Sullivan. Uh, you know, so we really try and, yeah, get, get that cross-section. Also, education is a big one for us. So we we actually self-produced uh, a play called Norman Armoured, which is, some, is a, a beautiful two-hander that's on the syllabus uh, here in New South Wales. So, you know, we're really trying to um, make sure that there's something for everyone. Yeah,
1: yeah, which I think is so important because it's not just... Um, there are so many different kinds of theatre, especially in Australia and just coming off the back of Sydney Fringe is in its final week of closing. And I have seen such in, you know, the five weeks that Sydney Fringe has been on for 2022. I've seen such a incredibly vast range of shows and different mediums that I was not expecting to see at Sydney Fringe um, having um, a play of my own in the Fringe. I kind of just assumed that it would mainly be like plays and or cabarets. But there was such an incredibly wide variety of shows that I just wish everyone had the opportunity to see. But obviously, you know, when there's like 700 shows happening across 50 venues over five weeks, it's a a bit hard to see everything. Um, And obviously there is the thing of money. So I think it's going to be so phenomenal to have a platform that connects all of that, where you have the opportunity to watch in your own time from the comfort of your home, if that is something that is... A concern for you um, or just when you have time to because, you know, I guess there is the option to pause something in the middle of viewing if you, you know, um, have a very busy schedule, if you are overstimulated, if there's anything that you're struggling with at the time. I think it's going to be so beautiful to have such an amazing platform that hopefully will create such a beautiful community around theatre and I feel like there's always a little bit of reluctance when it comes to watching filmed productions because you're like it's not the same as going to the theatre but you probably wouldn't necessarily go to the theatre you know it's going to be great to have the opportunity to see things that you probably wouldn't normally see just because it's going to pop up the same with like you were saying with like Stan and Netflix you know shows pop up and you're like "Ah, that's probably not for me but I'm bored so why don't I'll watch it and you're going to get introduced to all these other different mediums of theatre as well so I think it's going to be so phenomenal to see and as actors and as playwrights and as producers it's also I think going to give you experience getting to see the possibilities on a streaming platform which is kind of crazy.
2: Yeah yeah and you've made so many good points there like I think even for us that are well versed in going to the theatre and do really enjoy that as recreational experience we can get really stuck in what we know we like um, mm-hmm. and new, new art forms are coming out all the time and uh, or being experimented with, but it can be so easy for us to say, oh, I don't think that one's for me. Um, like, for instance, I, I um, have previously kind of distanced myself from physical theatre because I was more interested in text-based theatre, you know, just little things like that and having a streaming service where you can much e- more easily access and just give it a try, just trial um, different ideas, different art forms. And and get to see the breadth of it. And actually, you know, and I, I and I have since seen physical art pieces that, you know, oh my gosh, that's what that art form can be and, and really open your mind to that. Um and, and and learn what your taste is and learn what you enjoy in in a much wider scale, uh, so that when you do, you know, have that fifty dollar note that you can see one production in town in, you know, you, you know what you want to see as well.
0: Exactly.
2: It's gonna
1: be so good to broaden our horizons of what kind of theatre we see and enjoy. And it's is—it's so easy to, you know, I guess get halfway through watching something on a streaming platform and going, yeah, I tried it it, and it's not for me and that's okay. Or vice versa, watching it all the way through and absolutely loving it and discovering this entirely new world that you didn't really know existed up until that
2: point. Yeah, absolutely. And I get, like, I... I just so strongly fight for the experience of seeing filmed theater as well. You know, for me to see like, in Skylight, that production I referenced before, that had Carrie Mulligan in it, who's one of my favorite actors. And to be like this close to her face, you know, to sit while she's doing this incredible performance, you, you just don't get that when you're sitting at the back of the theater. Um, and so I, I really do think like it's a different experience and it will never replace live theater, but gosh, damn it, it's, it's got that equal value for me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly. And I guess as a producer and director yourself, how do you think like this new way of sharing work will actually impact what kind of work is produced?
2: Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, particularly after COVID, I think we've all had to limit risk-taking. Um, and, you know, and we've just been talking about different art forms, different experimentation in arts um, and and audience that are willing to take a chance on works like that. And I think particularly at the moment, audiences are still sceptical to come back to live performance venues. Uh, and we're all like dirt poor right now. We've just gone through two years of not being able to open a theatre, you know. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like we're not in a position, any of us, to take really big risks or put something on that people might be a bit more nervous about. Um, and I think, I really hope that having platforms like this, that are a going to make more experimental works easier to access, um, but also even just having view, like having a much larger opportunity to have audiences for your work um, internationally mm-hmm. so that you can actually find those niche audiences maybe. Maybe the show isn't for everyone. Maybe this is a real niche, but now they can access it because you're not just looking at the niche that lives in metropolitan Sydney. Uh, okay. You know, things like that, I think, that it can really increase risk-taking and, and help us find the audiences that really belong to that work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and
0: I guess in a way open the scope to even internationally and for other people it's almost like a networking opportunity as well because you're you're having producers directors um you know everything in between watching other people's work and going I want to work with them oh they're perfect for my project or so it's almost like another way of connecting people who are like-minded to then create continue creating together
2: yeah, the international pool is, is one of my favourite things about it. Like something we're doing that's really exciting in 2022, so um, this year, is we've caught all of the production so far by Griffin Theatre. Uh, so that's, you know, uh, five new Australian playwrights, uh, yeah. you know, putting up debut works and, you know, and there's incredible stories in there, including First Nation stories. And so to be able to put those on the international stage and really have, like, you know, true australian new writing seen internationally and have those stories seen internationally that that's like one of the most exciting things for me about this platform
1: yeah i think because i was literally just thinking about it then when i studied um in new york um and one of the many things we had to do is we had to like you know similar to eliza we had to like read a play every week um And uh, we were often, you know, suggested plays or we could kind of bring in something, you know, that we pick, you know, whatever, whatever you'd prefer. Um, And the amount of plays that were suggested to me, like any American play pretty much that was mentioned, I was like, yep, I'm aware of that. Yep, that's cool. That's fine. Um, And I really tried to bring in Australian work because I was like, you know, it's new and different. And not a singular person knew any of these works. Some of them that like I'm like, um, like stolen I'm like, that's, you know, it's like, for me, growing up, that was like the pinnacle of Australian theatre, because mm-hmm. that was what I studied for so long at university, at high school, you know, the boys, things like that. I'm like, how, for us, you know, these are, growing up, what Australian theatre was. How how do you not know what this is, yet we know all of the, you know, American classics, all of the contemporary American shows. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to be so wonderful to be able to show the rest of the world how amazing Aussie theatre and Aussie playwrights are. Because I feel like it's something also people don't necessarily expect because we're little Australia. <laughs> really, people don't expect to see work coming from us and, like, New work that is good, and there is a lot of it. Yeah, it's going to be so good to be able to, you know, send to my friends in America that are studying. Hey, if you need something, here's um Orange Thrower. Yes,
2: you know, I was so excited like to have Orange Thrower in the catalog. Was I was. <laughs> I saw
1: I saw the um photo from it, and I got to see it at um Riverside, and yeah. I'm very excited
2: oh, I can't wait to hear what you think of our film. It's, it's such a magical experience to be able to see it live and then be able to see the film version yeah. and just be, and be like, oh, wow, I didn't notice all of those moments, you know. Um, so yeah. I exactly, exactly. I so agree. I can't wait to, you know, uh, be able to send all my international friends these beautiful shows that just never would have been seen, again, outside of metropolitan Sydney if it wasn't for this
1: yeah because I feel like it's so it's so hard and I think recently the only thing that I'm really aware of that I've seen new, the- new Australian work that has gone international is Dead Skin went mm. to um, a festival in LA and did really well but that's like the first thing I've seen in a very long time that is Aussie that is an Australian piece of theatre that has gone to America and has been seen by, seen by that audience yeah, I guess we've kind of we've kind of already um, touched on this a little bit, but why is it so important to create these online accessible platforms?
2: Yeah, I think uh, yeah, and as you say, we, we've definitely touched on it, but I, I just think yeah, making it accessible no matter who you are, and and, and not ma- I think theater has had a history of of being something that's linked to people with privilege. Uh, whether that be the artists themselves uh, because it's such a risky thing that with, with very little financial um, possibilities it, that you, you need to come from a place of privilege to to be an artist a lot of the time, sadly, and equally to watch art, to go to the theatre, you need to be living in a metropolitan location and you have to have money to spend. And I think the last five years I've really seen a shift in that in, in both departments And we are trying to uh, make sure that the stories being programmed uh, do have a much uh, wider cross section of Australian culture and and people that live in Australia and and their stories, Uh, the people that are on stages, they're trying to uh, really platform those artists as well. And Mm -hmm. now it's time to to do that with the audiences, to to make it accessible for audiences as well, uh, and I haven't seen that much of that. You see it in the city a bit. You see, you know, thirty under 30, thirty under thirty tickets, or you know, things like yeah. that. Um, yeah. But again, like that, thirty dollars for one night out um, is too much. too much for a twenty-something. A lot of the time, who's at uni and is living on two-minute noodles, and <laughs> and again, yeah. you, you have to be re- you have to be based in the metro, and yeah. So I think it's such a big and important push to. Uh, to push that accessibility out and and, and make this art form finally uh, a lot more accessible.
1: I think even for people that aren't studying, it is like I I work a full... I still work in the theatre, but I also work a full-time job and pay rent and pay bills and things like that. And I think I expected once I got to this point in my life where I had that, you know, a regular income that I'd be like, oh my God, I can like go see like a show every night of the week if I want to. But so often that, um, you know, it's not really feasible. I think I'm definitely in a much better financial situation than a lot of people to be able to go and, you know, see the big, you know, touring productions or, you know, if I want to spend a little bit more money. But it is still something that, you know, I'm still recovering from Sydney Fringe from seeing all those shows. And yeah. they are very fairly priced, like very fairly priced in my opinion for you know, the calibre of theatre that you're seeing, you're spending, like, 30 to $40. I think the most I paid was, like, $60. And to me, that is a very fair rate for what I was seeing. But even then, I was like, oh, you know, we're... uh, I was like, I'm so sorry to my partner. We're living off noodles for the next (laughs) two weeks until the next pay. Um, Because I've spent all my money on going to see shows. So I think, especially for people that are studying, it is so important to have... That platform because you know you, you need to be introduced to new theater to know how you and the theater world around you um can grow and change and like like you were saying about for yourself lucy that you know you started acting and then kind of moved through it i feel like it's important when you're starting to be able to see the possibilities whether it be physically or through a streaming service it, it will make such a big impact
2: yeah I agree and also like just adding to that you know these theater the yeah, theater is expensive to go to and that's because theater is really expensive to put on you know as mm-hmm. an indie producer myself like we cannot make tickets cheaper than thirty dollars forty dollars because like I, and that's in a in a small theater where our actors are on profit share so they're not on wage uh they're they're getting a cut at the end which is often so small or if non-existent um in some productions that I see happen. And you know, so it's it's certainly this isn't coming from a place of artists, you know, trying to get rich off doing theater. This is like coming from a place of us, like, like you know, really fighting to keep the doors open and to keep um, keep telling stories. And I, you know, I, that's my other dream for this platform. If, if we have all these um, much more accessible. Uh, accessibility to theatre like what can that mean for what artists can create or or a continued revenue stream for these artists to continue to have access to Uh, you know I think it opens up so many possibilities.
0: Yeah and I guess this is only really the beginning Um, but it has been a long process for you guys like you have founded your own theatre company before and you're also an associate producer for this Did you encounter any challenges that you weren't expecting along the way to where you are today? Definitely. And, like,
2: uh, in the context of, I mean, so many. (laughs) Where do I begin? (laughs) Uh, My whole life is just one giant challenge. Um, But I think, like, particularly for Australian Theatre Live, um, it is such a new concept um, to film and distribute theatre. And it's something that's being done a lot overseas, um, but it's not being done here. And just before I joined AT Live, I um, produced my own production um, with my theatre company, New Ghost Theatre Company. Uh, it was called Iphigenia and Splot, and it was at the Flight Path Theatre in Marrickville, uh, which is yeah. this gorgeous theatre space where you get planes going overhead every ten minutes, uh, <laughs> yeah. and we all just have to kind of wait and then okay, <laughs> we keep going. Uh, it's beautiful, but um, we because that was right in COVID times, we decided to film it and. and and do a, um, a filmed version of that as well on, on a very independent scale. This is before I knew ATL existed. Um, <laughs> so I went through, like I had the experience of going through that as someone without an education of what that meant to put that on um, and as an artist and just being, having a lot of tentativeness around what will that mean for the production if, if, there's, a, if there's a digital version out there, will that mean no one will come to the show or, you know, And will, will audiences not want, you know, will they expect to have this for free? Like, will they really have value for this? And, you know, and having kind of all those concerns that nearly stopped me going ahead with it. Uh, And I think we're definitely like, that's our, you know, now that I'm more versed in the art form, that's kind of been one of our big jobs is just trying to educate the industry and the audience on, um, on, on the value of it. And, and just, trying to get out some myths you know it's still it still is hard you know you will see a company say oh but I wanted to with this production in the future so therefore we can't record it um because that will mean that audiences won't want to see it um when you know the reality is as I said like I, I we, we have seen that audiences will increase um if, if they have access to a digital product and it, it definitely won't um take away from the live experience so it's been um that's, that's been tough and, and we've, we've lost a lot of really exciting plays because um with someone on the team uh still sees the the cons that that they're conceiving as as bigger than the pros uh and so that's we spend a lot of our time doing things like that um music rights you know going from uh a, a theater production to film production you know like this uh, all of these kinds of little things like that you'd be surprised like oh my gosh suddenly you know like and just trying to then educate that side of the industry that like, no this isn't a multi-million dollar film that's going to make heaps of profit like this is going to see a few regional theaters and exist on the streaming platform to be accessible theater you know like, like this, yeah. this you know and that kind of education in the industry um is education that sounds condescending but just being in conversation with other artists and trying to show them what we're doing and that and where where we exist in the sector and how this can be um used to to platform and promote as opposed to subtract and and diminish audiences that that's that's an ongoing conversation that we're still having with the industry yeah I guess people are
0: really scared of change too and this is like you know we don't have something like this in Australia and so they can see it working on an international level but trusting the process and trusting you guys to bring that to the table can also then be scary and a challenge in itself to get to get the works to agree to that.
2: Yeah definitely and we certainly found that if um, a play um, is if there's an interest in turning it into a different art form, like a TV series or a film, uh, that that's just like the rights are off the table to film or a theatre production, yeah. uh, which is something like. And this comes this comes from top down. So this is where we're talking like this this, this um these rules are coming from the people that, that sign the options, you know, so the streaming companies or, or whoever's looking at those deals. Um, So, you know, it's out of the playwright's hands, those kinds of rules. Uh, but just, I just think it's really, like, it's still something we're not, you know, that we're, we're fighting. You know, um, there's been some really good examples, like Fleabag is a great example of a show that uh had a, you know, had we, we had access to through National Theatre Live uh, and then has gone on to be a TV series and I really, you know, you can see a cross-section of audiences, audiences who saw the who were who theater fans and saw the theater show and then of course wanted to see the TV series and people saw the TV series and said you know how, how did this start and got to see the the theater show and then have a new interest in theater like I do think they can speak to each other so beautifully but at the moment mm. that's just not uh on the table really in Australia
0: yeah that's such a, it's, it's such yeah. a shame sometimes but like I guess the other thing is that there's so much other things that can be put out there that are out there that are brilliant and that we want to we want to watch and we want to see and um, sometimes it's even those ones like Fleabag and things like that it's like they'll they'll come around again they'll come around again and they might come around and say hey yeah film it why not totally. now it's out
2: and now now let's the more the merrier really absolutely yes indeed and we'll, we'll be there when that happens exactly yeah. exactly <laughs>
1: Well, we are coming to the end of our interview today. So thank you so much as well for taking the time to come on and chat to us about this, because I think it is going to be something that is going to have such a phenomenal impact. And I know I personally am so excited to see, even just for Orange Thrower alone, because I would love the opportunity to be able to watch that again and be able to, um, now having seen it live, to be able to see it um, in a filmed capacity. But can you give us your top three must-watch recommendations that are going to be on the new platform, if you can tell us?
2: It's a tough one. I've definitely – yeah, I've referenced You're Not Special, which was a a production at the King's Cross Theatre by Rogue Projects um, as the production company, and that one's really close to my heart. Um, Being able to see it show in the 70-seat Traverse Theatre of King's Cross uh, on film and have that same beautiful quality. That's a really special one. Sorry. there we go oh um that's a really special one for me uh in terms oh griffin season has been so good i think everyone should watch all the shows we're getting from griffin we just caught white fella yellow tree uh which is their most recent show i think it just closed the week that's just gone uh and that was just such an outstanding production both from a text point of view and and direction and performers and design like honestly flawless and those performers perform their freaking hearts out like it's such a a heart-wrenchingly beautiful show to watch Uh, it's just two performers 90 minutes they're on stage the entire time like it's just magic so i would highly highly recommend all the griffin shows and um and and make that your first one um and and then I also would highly recommend Plate from Pinch Cut Opera, uh, which, you know, and that's like a, I feel like opera in particular is an art form that we don't often get access to as a younger audience because it's like that token is of expense to go see Like that is expensive art form. Uh, And so it's so wonderful to actually be able to experience an opera and pinch opera are so wonderful. at really like modernizing operas and making them really fun and exciting uh, for, for a, a, a much wider audience. And this production really captures all those things. It's so much fun. It's wild. It's this wild party vibe of a show uh and the main actor who plays plate again just like stand out crazy good performance and you you can see him sweat you know like he is giving you every part of himself and it's so impressive so that would be my three plus all the griffin shows
0: yeah (laughs) please watch them all All please
2: for all our sakes, watch them
0: be
1: enlightened and while we're still on the topic of um australia theater live
2: When does this platform launch? We are launching on the seventeenth of October. So that is that is real. There's, what three weeks, two weeks. That is so soon, uh, which I can't believe. It's as say we've been talking about this for so long. So so by
1: the time this is out, you will actually already have launched. I think three days ago. Oh my goodness! So (laughs) we will leave all of the links. In the description down below, as well as on our Instagram. But if you want to follow Australian Theatre Live in general, you can find them at Oz Theatre Live on Instagram, as well as AustralianTheatre.live for their website.
0: Very, very, very exciting. Thank you for like chatting to us all about. ATL it's gotten me really really excited because I know that for me in Brisbane sometimes we don't get to see as many plays as we would love to and as much theatre as we would love to and uh The Brisbane scene is definitely hungry for it, so I'm very excited to get to watch some more theatre on ATL. But before we go, we're actually going to do a little segment we do called Bedtime Stories. We aren't sure if you have one, but have you got any sort of stage mishap or something that you've seen that's gone absolutely wrong in theatre? And have you got a little story for us? The story I'd love to tell
2: is a little rogue. It's going a little rogue. Um, I love it. Don't so we talked a lot it. about side hustles and how when you need to have – when you're in theatre, you've got to have a side hustle. And one of those side hustles that I did while I was in Perth was I was the head elf at a Christmas uh, – at, at, at like a Visit Santa um, thing. Yeah. I think it was Myers. Um, so – uh, so that's where I'm going with the story. So, oh, like, I love it. I but not on a stage. And no, I'm,
0: I'm here for <laughs> it. So
2: I was so privileged to be asked to be head elf as opposed yeah. to just elf. You know, like, whoa, yeah. this is the yeah. honor of a lifetime. So um, I spent uh, a month, six weeks, I think it was, yeah, at Myers being a head elf, playing with kids. We had this amazing, we had this train that goes around and then there's Three, okay i'm giving away the, the trade secrets here but there's three santas all behind different doors so that three kids can go in on at once and you have this whole system set up so that no kids yes. ever see the other santas you know this. yeah so yeah. it's it's like it's this whole and there's like 20 of us elves making this happen like right it's just like this crazy system and um one day uh my, one of my Santas was about to start, so he he was he came to Myers. He was just dressed in normal clothes, still not yet changed to be Santa. And Mrs. Claus was there for the first time. And Mrs. Claus sits at the front and reads the stories to kids while they're waiting to see Santa. Because like I'm talking, this this line is huge, man. All day long, so it takes a long time to see <laughs> yeah. Santa, uh, despite there being three of them. Um, they camped. They camped, out. camped <laughs> out. They've got their snacks. They're ready, literally. So yeah, so Mrs. Claus is sitting there, and there's all these kids around her listening to the storybook being read and this is the first time this has happened mr you know mr claus sees this how cute takes a little phone on his little photo on his phone continues on his way back you know to the secret passageway where you get changed to be santa anyway i didn't see this happen but then i had a mom come to me and say excuse me a man has just taken a photo of my child and like i'm very worried and i was like oh okay uh i didn't see that happen but like you're standing from a giant magical make-believe world so like people taking photos all the time i wouldn't worry I'm sure it was nothing. She seemed pretty fine by that. Okay, fair enough. Went away. Anyway, like three hours later, she comes back with, like, the head of Myers, like five police, like this whole gang arrive at Myers and they're like, we have watched the security footage and it's one of your Santas. He was the one who took the photo. So the police in front of all these children, like just crazy, like (gasps) this, this like drag Santa Mm. out. From the no. they take him out the back and all these kids are like why is satchel being taken away from the police No,
0: <laughs> and oh i'm the manager
2: so i'm out there with them being like look this is a huge misunderstanding like what is happening anyway they like and the, they were like we need your phone and they confiscated his phone and they went through all the photos on his phone who are these kids and he was like they're my grandchildren and then they finally got to the photo in question and it's like mrs claus and in, like, the corner of the – you can you can see, like, the back of a child's head. You know, like, it was just the most innocent thing. And then the police kind of realized what had happened, and they were like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And then, like, just kind of, like, quietly left. Like,
1: <laughs> and these poor
2: kids, children oh, are just absolutely traumatized, traumatized
1: seeing Santa uh, yeah. being dragged away by the police. By the police.
2: Yeah, I hope that – yeah, that was – that that was, certainly will stay with me for my life. I, I wonder if it oh, yeah. these children as is- well.
1: <laughs> That's amazing. That, that was an amazing, amazing bedtime story. Considering we're yeah. coming up to Christmas as well, so yes. which is awesome. Yeah, just that's right.
2: Happy holidays, kids. Yeah, crazy in itself. Yeah, yeah not on a stage, but this is a classic. Um, a story that, that you'll amazing. come by when you're a, a young actor um, trying to make rent. <laughs> Oh, exactly.
0: <laughs> Side hustles and head elves. Like, come on.
2: <laughs> that was phenomenal. <laughs> One day I'll make it into a short film. Like, it's got to become something, yes. right? Um, yeah, yeah, For yeah. now, it can just exist on this podcast. Yes, yep. it's amazing.
0: amazing. <laughs> we'll take it, we'll take it. <laughs> well,
1: thank you so much again for taking the time to come on and chat to us today about Australian Theatre Live. We are so excited to see... Now that it has technically officially launched, so very exciting. We will leave all the information down below. But you guys, that is the end of today's episode. And until next time, stay happy, healthy and safe. And we will see you then. Bye. Bye.